Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Friday edition of Prospects and Props, and the, the people have brought the Friday flavor. We have chaos at the end of the show, the takes, most of them having nothing to do with football, and I've got a top five list based on one of the takes uh, that we have from a member of the TDN staff. A member of the TDN staff went off the wall with a take that yes. we'll get to. Uh, Jamie, we start, n- not a lot of movement in the last 24 hours with a lot of odds. No. Nothing has really changed that is enough of a story for us to kind of dive into here. So because we've got a lot of takes to close out the week and we want to dive into the tight ends, we are going to get right into it. Um, set the stage for us here. Where do we stand as of this moment, April 21st, 2023, less than a week from the NFL draft Crazy. taking place? Where do we stand when it comes to the odds for the first tight end drafted in the draft? It is crazy sitting here thinking about seven days from now. Six we're days. Gonna be si- Six days. No, listen. Let me finish first, Chris, before oh, you jump sorry. down my throat. Sorry. Your math didn't make sense, but now, sir, I, now I know where you're going, and I sincerely apologize. It's going to be crazy when seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days from now. Also, my, I, I think my computer got confused. It's like they, oh, it opened up Siri for me. It thinks that I'm talking about Siri. I'm not. Well, tell her, leave me alone. Yeah, tell her to go away. Seven days from now, Chris. We will, there will be 31 new first-round picks that we're going to know about. I can't it's wait. Crazy. I can't wait to break them down. I, I, like To me, there's so much excitement in the build-up to this process, but the breaking down of it afterwards, because I will tell you, I will tell you this, and you can personally attest to this. The last couple of drafts we've done, you know, you know, major coverage, lot, lots of stuff going yep. on. And for me, on the producing side of it, my head's in 47 different places. I'm yeah. running around with people. I'm doing all these different things. There there are moments where after the draft is concluded, I have I have gone to you and I have yep. said, what did the Jets do in the first round? Because it's all yeah. a blur to me that I forget what happens. And so the fun, it, it's, it's just crazy. It's just go, 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 go. There's and, information and for those flying behind around the, the room. Scenes, it's just crazy. And for those like some, some like behind the scenes info. So for the draft last year, it's Chris and I were sitting producing – and really, it's Chris producing, but it was me feeding information. Yep. And it would go player pick over to Chris. And the second he finds that out, he's looking at he's there's a spreadsheet. There's this feed that has to go up. There are lower thirds that have to go up. There has to be a communication too. Uh, at that time, it was to Kyle that it was running point from the table. And so we had somebody else that was on uh, Henry that was running like so we uh, so all this is happening. And in the first round, at least you get like ten to fifteen minutes between picks, depending uh-huh. on how quick teams are. We do that again around two in that rounds three. I mean, it is go going, 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 and you look up at the end and you have no idea what actually. I have happened. no idea Even where guys saw went. every pick. Yep, you have no idea what happened. And you process the name because then you take the name and you and you feed it to the next stage of the yep. process. But when it's over, I'm like, okay, what did everybody do this evening? And so for me, that those days after where I can actually get into the weeds on it and and yeah. go through it is a lot of fun. And that's what we're going to do here on the show uh, in the post draft world. So all right, Jamie, the tight ends. It's a big position group. It's a loaded position group this year. Um, it's one that I think if you asked, if you polled half. Half the league, if you pulled 16 uh, general managers, you would see a lot of different answers as to who the tight end one is. You'd probably get, I would say, five or six different answers among those 16 executives. How do the betting markets see it right now? 
Yeah, and as we tease a little bit on Thursday's show, Michael Mayer has taken over, retaken over, I should say, the top spot as the odds-on favorite to be the first tight end selected. He is minus 175, followed closely by Dalton Kincaid at plus 140. Then there's a gap, and third on the list is Darnell Washington at 16 to 1. Another gap, Luke Musgrave and Sam Laporta at 60 to 1. And the sixth option that you are able to bet is Tucker Craft at 100 to 1. So this is very much clearly at all books a two-horse race between Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid, and both have been favorites for extended periods of time over the last couple months. These are the right names, right? We, we joked on yeah. yesterday's show that the offensive line group was maybe not necessarily had the right um, group of names. This is the right group of names. These are the names yeah. that I, when I said that if you pulled 16 different executives, you'd probably get a bunch of names. These would be the names that you would get. Um, I don't know if there's value in this, but I mean, Jamie, you know who my personal tight end one is. Um, and he's sitting there at, you know, 60 to one, as you said, like I, that intrigues me a little bit. Um, but I just don't, I don't I have a pizza bet. I have a pizza bet on, on Mr. Musgrave. Yeah. That's my guy is when I got him. That's my guy. Um, it's interesting because to me, I, I still think Michael Mayers is the best tight end in this class, but it's a razor thin margin. And I think the margins on talent level between these players are not accurately represented in the odds. Uh, these players are a lot closer to each other than the odds indicate. Here's, here's the issue I have with this market, which is why I've really only dabbled uh, in some of the long shots. Like I have a pizza bet on, on Musgrave. I have a pizza bet on Laporta. I've been told that there's a, a team picking in the first round that has a need at tight end that has Dalton Kincaid as their tight end one. There are also teams in the first round that need a tight end that have Michael Mayer as their tight end one. So I have a hard time handicapping this market in particular at the top. I do think these are the right two names. I think there's a very good chance that the my hesitancy here is that, well, I'll just say it. Uh, I, I have been told that the Packers, at least as of a month and a half ago, had Dalton Kincaid as their tight end one. Has that changed since the meetings happened? Maybe. Will they take a pass catcher for a right. team that never drafts a pass catcher in the first round? I don't know. And it's just like, so I put that out there and going like, I think if you told me right now, I, if the Packers are guaranteed to take a tight end, guaranteed, I would say I would feel comfortable taking Dalton Kincaid as tight end one. But past that, I don't know if any of the other teams have Kincaid as a tight end one. They might, they might not. They might have Mayer. They might have Washington. They might have Musgrave, who for whatever reason, uh, after all the post-senior ball hype, seemed like all the hype went away. I know his 40 time didn't blow anybody away, but it wasn't bad. Uh, it was kind of weird how all the hype has been sucked out of the room on Luke Musgrave since the combine. But to me, I think the biggest issue some of these teams are going to have is that this is a loaded class. And besides the six names we talked about, we talked about Luke Schoonmaker. We've talked about some other players that could be key contributors. I'm not sure there's going to be an overwhelming sense of urgency to take tight ends early and often. Uh, I think tight we, uh, round two is going to be a sweet spot for a lot of these teams. So it, it becomes a problematic bet for me because – I, I don't think the Packers have to take one in round one. I don't think the Jaguars have to take one in round one. And we'll see what happens with the Evan Ingram contract situation. Like, I don't think Cincinnati has to take one. And, like, you start to look at some of the other needs, and the, the concern is going to be that the, the, the fit, to, the, you know, the player to team fit needs change in this tight end class. 
based on which team they could go to. But all those teams are going to have very viable alternative options at less deep positions that they might go with. So this is a tough market to get in on if you're looking to bet on it right now. I will use a cross-sport reference um, that maybe some people out there will get. I know Jamie won't get it, so this will be very interesting. In Formula One, when the the race starts and everyone's got their tire management strategy, uh, there is what is referred to as the pit window, which is when on a certain strategy of tire, that car should come into the pits, that range of when they think they need to move. If you were to have the pit window of when a tight end could be drafted, the earliest you would have that pit window open would be 15th at Green Bay. There's not a Correct. team earlier that makes a ton of sense. So really, truly, flabbergasted. The tight- Unless, I guess the only potential chance on a trade back, and I got to even think of like if I've got a, I've got a spot. somebody tr- like with the Raiders at seven, but like if they traded back, I'm trying to think of like where between seven well, and fifteen might like move up for a quarterback or move up for somebody like that. Well, I will say I am personally of the idea that. The Jets are in a terrible spot, and them trading out of 13 could make some sense. So if a team really – I don't think this will happen, but if they God, want Kincaid – up for one. If they want Kincaid yeah. and they want to hop in front of Green Bay because they know what you just said on this podcast, it's plausible. Is it a high probability? Yeah. I don't feel yeah, that that's the way this is going to play out. But to me, 15 is where it opens. It's 15 to yeah. about – I think the end of the first round is where you feel comfortable for that first tight end to go. Yeah, it's 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 fifteen to where what's Cincinnati twenty eight twenty nine yeah fifteen like that, that's, fifteen that's the to twenty eight is really the window where, yeah. where one will go. I I truly believe so. And again, I think but Luke Musgrave the knock only, on him. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Chris, okay. but there's a good chance only one goes. Like I know the over under right now is either two or two and a half depending on the book. You I would use. take the under on that. I yeah, I take the under on two and a half, but I think there's a reasonable chance only one goes. I agree with I don't you. I think that's crazy. But it, even at two. I would take the under because I think worst case scenario yeah, I'm push. pushing. Yeah, yeah, right. Push like I, I think I think two and a half is is a is a money making opportunity because yeah, I don't I, see I just, a scenario where you're gonna have a third team jump into the mix and decide to take a tight end. Two even feels like it could be a stretch, but a third team find me the three spots. If you want to throw Green Bay in there, that's fine. Yeah, it's you, Green Bay, Jacksonville, maybe Detroit. Maybe Detroit. Yeah, maybe Detroit if you mock, maybe if you mock Detroit a tight end, they get mad at you. Their fans get very upset. I've done uh, this in the past. I don't care if they get mad. It's it's, it's plausible at eighteen. Jacksonville, Jacksonville twenty four makes some sense. It, it does, depending on how what's going on with Evan Ingram. Like I, again, that's the thing. They don't. Who they're trying to, to get a long term deal with Donna Correct. according to reports. And it doesn't mean you, you can't draft another tight end and run twelve personnel. But I'm not spending a first round pick to run twelve personnel. Right. Sorry. Just not doing. Yeah. So I, Cincinnati is a possibility, but you know they need help in the secondary now. So like, and they they you know are they gonna? I know it's a deep corner class, but are you gonna wait into the fifties to take a corner when you have an opportunity or a safety if Brian Branch falls there that you could take that? like so. I'm with you, Chris. I can't see three teams making that call right now in the yep. first round. The under is two and a half over at FanDuel. Juice to the under. Minus 136 yeah. on the under, but I still think you're getting a pretty decent price. Minus, yeah, minus 136, 136 is not bad. Still a good Relative price. Relative to Relative to what we're talking about here, right? Like, um, look at the running back. Like, we're not talking about running backs, but look at the juice on the under of one and a half running back. It's 550 under one <laughs> yeah. and a half. So, in, in those types of things. Wide receivers uh, under four and a half is minus 600. Yeah, so like sometimes you just don't want to move the line, and I understand that, especially when you're dealing with one either direction. But uh, it's not a bad value there. Like I think that that's one I actually would consider betting 
Obviously, yeah. you don't want to bet small on a minus one. I mean, you can do whatever you want, uh, depending on what your goals are. But if you want something that you feel like is a pretty close to a lock, uh, I think that's pretty close to a yeah, lock. I like that one a lot. Um, I just I was just looking because I've been scrolling through and I haven't made you know, I've made a ton of bets yet. I'll have some by the time where this process is done. And I, I have the tab open here and Bijan Robinson's draft position had popped up and I'm like, all right, I got to see what the number is. It's is, the, it, is it? It's twelve and a half. It's the worst number possible for me. Like it's in the worst spot ever. Yeah, because I want I want that wiggle room because I think yeah, it's, see, I, I liked it's, it. It's, I liked it more when it was fifteen and a half. Right, because I think even it's, with juice to the under, I think yeah. it's seven to well the under the under is plus one forty. Well, yeah, at twelve. Twelve and a half. I yeah. think he, I mean I I really truly think it's either seven to twelve or seven to ten or he might be waiting. Because like yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's still not bad. I I, I have my my Bijan markets have been more predicting him to go to specific teams because I've been getting better odds in that that case for me than just taking his draft position. But yeah, I mean Vegas, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, seven through ten, and then you got to think Houston could be a play at twelve. Could be those yeah. are the teams if, for twelve and a half. Because other than that, there's that's what you're betting on. Maybe Detroit at six. I won't I won't rule could, it out. I will not rule yeah. it out. By the way, this isn't happening, but okay. just for Love fun this. things to Galaxy Brain. Remember how last year the Titans traded A.J. Brown and then immediately took Traylon Burks? So are you saying trade Derrick Henry On and draft draft night, what if they trade Derrick Henry and then draft Bijan Robinson at 11? I don't hate the idea. We, we, don't, have, we don't have enough time in the show to, to dive into that, but I don't hate the idea. Yeah, it's um, not happening, by the way. That, that, that is literally just a, a true uh, Galaxy Brain So here. to get us back on task here to the tight end position, um, I have Luke Musgrave as my personal tight end one. Um, I think yeah. the the skill set of the things that you can't teach, which is the size, which is the way that he can move at the position, I think is is unicorn like. Um, I know he didn't play a lot. That's what's that's what's hurting him. That's what's not yeah. ha- allowing him to be uh, in this conversation. But I'd like to get uh, an athlete like that in my building uh, and have him work with my quarterback and my team, and and I feel like we would be very successful. But again, I'm, I'm it doesn't shock me where he falls in this pecking order because of those things that I mentioned. Um, but he would be my personal type in one but if i had to predict one if i had to be predictive about it i'm hearing more at this juncture and not the way jamie's hearing more just in the what other people are saying in the buzz buzz, more teams are talking about dalton kincaid as tight end one than they are michael mayer that's where i would be putting my money and it plus he's plus 140 on FanDuel. like you're getting some pretty decent you're getting some pretty decent odds there yeah, it's interesting how the tide has turned here because coming out of the combine where I was told he had got a clean bill of health, which we now know, you know, has already been actively reported now, uh, that that's where the shift really came for him. But there's been, like I said, there's been a betting market shift for Michael Mayer. I haven't really seen the buzz shift. Doesn't mean it won't happen. And again, I think all these guys are really close. Uh, but I think, I wonder, again, the bo- the books don't know in these cases for the draft, like they know for other things and their mm-hmm. algorithms don't work the same way. But I can also understand that they are, they are talking to some people and I can understand the point of view is if they don't think green Bay is taking a tight end, that there's a better chance that mayor. goes. And I think maybe yep. that's where, or betters that do that. And they, they put a lot of money and they sway some of the odds. And quite frankly, all of these books follow each other right, for the draft. All of them. Uh, there's a really good article that came out uh, on Thursday. I, I cannot remember uh, I think it was Yahoo actually uh, that was talking to a, a sportsbook manager about draft props specifically and, and how it's both exhilarating and challenging uh, on their side to set these markets and say they have to be more vigilant 
with these markets and the information that gets pushed around, particularly publicly, than any other betting market because money will flood in on a whim, on a mock draft, on a tweet. Uh, and so they have to be prepared because, again, I, I will remind everybody at the end of the day, sports books aren't trying to be right. They're trying to equal their money on both sides of the equation. They're, they're trying to they're run a business. Make money. They're trying to run a business here. Correct. And their business so their is goal, you losing. You're, you're not getting the bet correct. right. Correct. Sometimes that means them being right. But more often than not, they would much rather get 50-50 on both sides of equal money and guarantee themselves a profit mm -hmm. than risk being right and making a profit when they're wrong and can lose a lot. Mm -hmm. So just remember that. So that's why they're so reactionary here. But uh, it is a fascinating market for me. Uh, Musgrave, to put, put a bow on this, Musgrave would be my tight end four. But I also don't think there's a huge gap between Whatever. the four. Whatever. There's, I, I, and I, I would have. You kidding yeah, I, me? I would have uh, Mayor one, um, Darnell Washington two, Kincaid Dude, three. Darnell Washington's awesome. Luke Musgrave four. But I would say there's the margin is this close between them. Like uh, I think they're all grouped together. And again, I won't fight and it, that top four. I won't fight anybody on any order. You want a guy that's got a high floor in both the pass catching and blocking uh, buckets? You draft Arnell Washington. That's what you do. Yeah. You draft. And he that can wear guy. zero now. And he can wear zero. So that's a, that's a huge win. Um, and to, to, before, to Chris, okay. Before I okay, sorry. No, no, no. I'll let you finish your point because I, I have a correction I need to make. Before I know the correction that you need point. to make. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say you were talking about the way that the, these books operate. It's why you will hear when the college football playoff starts or when the NCAA um, tournament starts or when the uh, Super Bowl uh, playoffs start, when all these playoffs mm -hmm. start, you'll hear them use the term, these teams are our biggest liabilities, right? That yes. That is what Jamie's referring to, is that the money is so disproportionate in one direction for a team to win a specific event. Golf has this all the time when it comes to the majors. Um, that's what the books are saying uh, when they say that. Yes. But please make your correction from a show earlier this week in which you made a blunder yes. that even I didn't pick up on. Yeah, because I, I got all the – at least I got the right year and team and side of the ball. That's correct. Yeah, those three buckets you got right, you just completely missed on the player. And I don't know why uh, I didn't catch up on it. I, I uh, So when we were talking about linebacker one last year for Green Bay, I, I said Devontae Wyatt. I meant Quay Walker. Uh, so Quay you Walker. Could see, you could see how that could, you know, could get confusing. Right? Um, Quay Walker, yes. Devontae Wyatt, very similar names, right? Same college team. <laughs> like, Chris, I got the right college team, pro team. Side yep. of the ball yep. and had, draft year. Just didn't have the right, the right not the right player. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll it's Quite a mistake. Walker. We'll, we'll okay. allow it. We appreciate the corrections here. I got called out by like seven people in our chat. <laughs> yeah, it was it. pretty I was good. Like, Shit, it I was, got it wrong. It was pretty good. Um, all right, we got takes on takes, and we've got a lot of them. Some draft related, uh, and uh, some not. Some and not. one in particular. It's good. It's a good way to end the week. I've got right? a top you know? five list written down here. Um, oh, okay. Based off of one of the takes, we'll start with some of the football ones. Uh, this take from Janelle: Take second and third round picks uh, seem more valuable this this year. Year, teams should trade out of the late first to get an extra second, third, and fourth round picks this year. I like the spirit so, of this take, but I disagree with it in, in one capacity. But you can go first. Okay. Uh, all right. So I, I will start with this. I say mathematically that is a correct take because if, if you look at the, the, the grades from the TDN scouting staff, and I'm going to literally – I'm actually going to pull up the exact numbers right now. Uh, we only have – and I believe if we've mentioned this on the show before. We only have 16 – first round grades mm -hmm. from our staff uh in addition to those 16 first round grades we have uh where are they i can't find the oh we have 43 second round grades which is more than the number 60, of picks in the second round 
That thank you, Chris. No, you're and welcome. sixty-two third round, which break. is almost double the amount of picks in the third round. I said give or take. I there's said, a lot of comps. I said almost, but yes, Chris. I, I there's plenty of comp picks, but a little more than double. I, I said it. almost, right? I, I hedged. Yeah, I didn't want to do the math thing and be wrong, so I hedged a little bit. So based off that, yes, if you could get an equal amount of value for a first round pick to move back that you will get more value there. Uh, but I also think like you, you don't want to think that way because you're still going to get a lesser player in theory, in theory. Well, and, right? this, and this is where, this is where I, I, I under, I understand the merit of the take, but I disagree with it in practicality because it depends on what team needs you have and where that matches right. with the value. Give me the number of third round uh, grades that we've given out. 62. Maybe that maybe those 62 players don't fit in the bucket of what you potentially need. So it doesn't do you any favors to have additional third-round picks. Now, I know teams don't overall draft that way, right? They don't only draft for need. But at some point, you're going to go to positions that you need and draft players from. So if the buckets don't make sense, and but, the, but there is a position that's got a first or second round grade, and you can take that guy at the back half of the first round, I think you do it. Yeah, and let's also kind of discuss here how teams actually draft because I, I think this this part is important and it's something I actually want us and we're 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 making some structural changes at the draft network for next year that are going to be really exciting. But obviously, our core mission is always to take what's going on behind the scenes and show it publicly when it comes to the draft. And I think one of the things that we're going to do a better job of is kind of explaining what this actual draft process looks like from the NFL standpoint. Our TDM big board, obviously, we, we put 426 players right now are on the big board, and I think we have like 300 and change scouting, full scouting reports available on. Almost board. double the number of players that are going to be drafted next week. Uh, I don't want to talk about doubles anymore. So, but that's not how teams operate. Teams will typically have 120, 130, 180, whatever it is, players on their board. Uh, the Patriots have typically been known for a team that has very few players on their board. They typically have the least amount on any given draft. And so there are players that they're disqualified. They don't meet certain measurement thresholds, athletic thresholds, character concern thresholds, positional thresholds, whatever it might be. There's only going to be X number of players on a board. And there's obviously a value based on these are day one players, day two players, day three players. Can I jump in real quick? Yes. There are teams that won't pick a specific player because they are they are a certain age, they won't pick a specific certain arm length. Right, they, they it's will, not just a line. I know we talk about tackle. Right, but they will defensive they, line. Arm they will length. say that a corner needs to have X arm length for us to even consider drafting that player. That, like Correct. that's the kind of stuff Jamie's talking about. And, and that's where it goes back to the old phrase: of teams are looking for more reasons to not draft you than they are to draft you. Um, so when they put these boards together, and they put the and again, this is an oversimplification, but it, it's uh, it's a slight variation of this across the league. They have day one grades, day two grades, day three grades. So in the first round, when a team runs out of players with day one grades, when their pick comes up, they typically will try to move back. But they're not always able to. It takes a dance partner because somebody else that needs to have a first round grade mm -hmm. to come up and take that player from you. So if a team runs out of first round grades, they will try to trade back. If not, they'll take the top player remaining on their board. Why I say that is important for this this piece of information is that I would assume the NFL is very similar to TDN and to other respected scouts that I trust in the 16 to 20-ish first-round grades. 
Those might be they're not they're not going to be the same sixteen to twenty players. But I think if you encompass all of the list, there are going to be teams that get to their point in the first round and don't have a day one grade on anybody. And they're going to have to make that decision. So it's easier to trade back in theory than it is to actually do it on draft day, particularly if you're in the middle or the late part of the first round. When teams are not trading up for a quarterback or not trading up for a specific star, it becomes difficult because you need somebody else to have that pick. So in theory, you should always trade back if you're not going to get the the composite day value for the player that you want to get. It's just not that easy. Uh, this, so I don't think it's going to be that simple for for teams to just trade out of the back end of the first round, load up on second and thirds, because they're not going to know anything different than the other teams in the league that want to do the same thing. This take from Taylor. University of Pittsburgh has the greatest Mount Rushmore of NFL alumni in college football. And the four that, he, the four that were given oh, yeah. by the chat said Marino, Rivas, Donald, and Fitzgerald. Somebody then mentioned USC with Bruce Matthews, Anthony Munoz, Junior Sano, Ronnie Lott, and not even to mention Marcus Allen, O.J. Simpson, and Troy Polamalu. Yeah, my initial thought was going to be USC off the top of my head. I mean, this I cer- is a good question. I certainly like the group that, that that was put in the chat for USC. Then I'm going to Google. You're going to Google it. All right, don't close out of the browser, though, that you're doing the show I, on. I won't. I right. won't. I can't think I'm, of another. I, team I feel that, like I need. I feel like I need more time. I agree. I agree. What has Michigan? Michigan's going to have Brady, right? And so that's that's a great that's a great starting off point. That gives us a great base to work from. What else can we? What the, didn't the Long brothers go to Michigan too? Yeah, but we're talking like all, like I like the Longs. We're talking about like all okay. time. We're, we're putting together an NFL alumni uh, Mount Rushmore based on the. I mean, I I gotta I gotta scour whatever I've got. I mean Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a good one. You got Starbuck and mm-hmm. what about Miami? Miami's probably a good one. Miami had a run, right? And that Miami run, and run. that run might give them enough names. I mean, Bama's been good. Yeah. I know it feels like recency bias, but like there's like a gap there for Alabama a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I don't. I feel very unprepared to answer this question. It was given to us like last minute for, as a take, and I and I don't. I want, mean, I don't want to answer without like having Georgia. Georgia, maybe not up there, but like you know, you got Herschel Walker, okay, Jim hold Bailey, on, hold Stafford, on. Te- Texas. Texas, are they back? Who knows? Well, that's not what that um, wasn't what the question was. The question was, do they have enough good NFL alumni? The problem is, is, is I think we're doing a Mount Rushmore here, so we need four elite options. You need elite options, correct? Correct. So I and I think Pitt's elite options is is pretty up there Hold because on. there are a lot of good ones. I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I, I think we're gonna have to think. We're gonna have to think on this. No, one. no, no. We we can do this. We can do this. We can think this out. I, I want to check one team real quick because I feel some time away about this. I feel some type of way. I can get Tom Brady. And then that kind of that kind I kind of I kind of run out of great options here at this point. Oh, Desmond Howard, hold on, hold on now, hold on. I got Desmond Howard. Yeah, but that's okay. I, I guy's a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, come on. Yeah. So is uh, what's his face from Seattle, Malcolm 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 Smith? Who's the random Seattle linebacker that was? I got to tell you, I'm running out of great options. Yeah, I know. That are like elite. Okay, Charles yeah, Woodson. Okay. Hold on, Charles Woodson. I'm getting there now. Woodson is absolutely okay. that's a good one. So I've got, you go. I've got some good ones. 
I mean, I, you know, we're not the, the, the long Jake Long's not going to get on the list. He's really not. We're going to have to find somebody better if I'm going to make Ty Law. That doesn't really do anything for me. That doesn't really help me all you, that much. You're a Ty Law. Hater. I'm just, I'm just I, for the context of what we're doing. I need elite play. I don't think Ty Law fits that box. I think Charles Woodson and Tom oh, Brady I, are a great start. Ty Law is a, was a much better pro than Desmond Howard was. Okay, I only said the two guarantees were Brady and Woodson. If you want to take Desmond Howard off and put Ty Law on, that's fine. But I still need a fourth name. I don't feel comfortable about this. I don't want. I'm out. I'm out on. I'm out on Michigan being on the list. You're out of Michigan. I'm Not a Michigan, Michigan man. I'm out. I'm, I'm out on Michigan. What is Miami? Famous. Miami. Well, you got what? Reed Lewis. Hold on here. Hold on here. Famous Miami. Dwayne football. Johnson. That we're not going to put Dwayne Johnson on the list. That's he's not going to make it. <laughs> he's not going to make it. My, uh, Miami of notable. Are you kidding me? What is going on here? This is what I'm looking for. Give me, give me a list like this. Well, all right. I'm scrolling through real quick. Let me see if I got any big names. Like just massive. Okay, Michael Irving's a good one. Jim Kelly's another good one. I mean, we've got yeah. some. We've got some. Warren Sapp, Ray Lewis, Edron James, Ed Reed. Okay, Miami would like to have a word. Miami would like to have a word. Yeah. So there are some good candidates. I think we would need to do a bigger deep dive to get this. So I'm not willing to say I disagree with the take. It's not University of Pittsburgh. I think there are other schools uh, that could be better. Um, Raul has a take. It is more likely that only two quarterbacks go in the top five picks than four quarterbacks do. I'm good with this. Yeah, I think it's a good take. I still think three end up going uh, as of right the second, but um, of I those do not two, think four, though. Right. So all of the, Yeah, I think it's more likely that it's just two. Um, okay. Yeah. This take from Sam Russo. Okay. Notable member of the TDN staff. The I believe the youngest member of the TDN staff. Yeah, he's a child. So yeah. I recently moved to Arizona. Yep. Don't know how much he's had of the place that he is slandering in this take. I know he's had it. Was he with us when we got in and out he, last time he, I was there? He, he or was made, that Kyle? He, I mean, it might have been Kyle. No, it was Kyle. Sam, no, it was Kyle. So then I don't know if Sam's ever – I don't know. I don't know. But he's just – That was the night before we drove to Vegas for the draft last year. That's correct. That, that, that is – we had in and out Yes. Take, in and out isn't a top five fast food burger restaurant. So – Isn't. Is isn't, correct? He said I-S-N apostrophe T. So okay. I put – This together, is a good take. I put together a top five fast food burgers. Now, I will tell yeah. you that – do you want to put together your face I, near the mic? Or? Well, I, sorry, I have the top five list here, right? Okay. But I have a fundamental framework that I use when it when it comes to defining fast food. Okay. Well, what are your parameters? It has here? to have a drive-thru for it to be fast food. 100%. But... Oh, yeah, I think that, that's not negotiable. But that takes away, I think, the spirit of this take. So for this list... I am allowing okay. Okay. fast because you want to put five guys on here, don't you? Well, that, five guys, that, five fine. guys is on the list. That's why. Um, okay. I, I, in fact, only have one place that actually has a drive-through. So I'm including fast casual. Oh, so you just okay? Well, the, then and, you're including fast casual, and, and that's what I'm saying. I don't. I think. Okay. If, I think we need to do. If we're just doing fast food with a drive-through, in and out makes sure. the list. But I think when you entertain fast casual things that don't which have a drive-through spirit, which right? Is the spirit, I believe. Then I think I would agree with this take. Yeah. In and out is out. Here are the five that I've come up with. Number five. Okay. The only one with a drive-thru, and this is going to be, you want a polarizing take right here? Okay. White Castle, number five on the list. That's, White Castle's White Castle, garbage. number five on the list. I told you it was going to be polarizing. Garbage. I told you it was going to be polarizing. Number four, now this is a place. No, no, it's not polarizing, they're garbage. A very specific type of burger, and that's why I wanted the representation here on the list. 
Smash Burger, number four. I knew that's where you're going with Smash it. Smash um, Burger. I like it. It's fine. Number th- I, 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 have no, I have no qualms with Smash Burger. Now, we're just rating the burger here because I think if you include the whole restaurant atmosphere, well, yeah, in, and out, in and out burgers. is out because their french fries are trash. So, number three. True. Number three. A place that's got great burgers. A place that has great variety of burgers. Not doesn't have burger in the name, but when I tell you this name, you associate burgers with them. Shake Shack, number three on the list. Okay, number two. Yeah, I mean, I know Shake Shack's the name, but like, it's it's a burger joint. Yes, it is. It's a fantastic burger joint. It's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, the the no, aforementioned Five Guys. Okay, and the number well, one. I, I, look, if cost was no option, they would be. Oh, they're expensive. They're expensive. They're yeah. expensive. Yeah, they're, no. they're, they're per dollar is is a little troubling, but just in general, it is it is quality. Number one. And I don't know if this is going to be a place that people know. There is one here in Phoenix. There's one in Denver. I've had this Have in Houston. Have I been to one? I lived in Phoenix for what? Like I don't. Eighteen years. I don't know if you've. Maybe this is in Scottsdale. I don't know if you've been to this place. I really don't. This is the okay. elite of elite burgers. Now it has a sit down environment, but you can just order and go with it. Okay. Well, you, you technically can order and go with everything. You want to talk so about? I feel like this uh, might be cheating. You want to talk about a variety of different burgers. You want to talk about having. Different styles of beef, having different toppings, having different sauces, having all sorts of... They serve a Wagyu burger, Chris. They're not fast food. I think this place does serve um, a Wagyu burger. <laughs> I don't have I don't have that when I go there. I get the okay. Buffalo Bison burger. Um, Hop Dotty Burger Bar, number one for me okay. on the list. This place I, I, is elite. Okay, this doesn't count. This is a restaurant. We're not doing No, it's it. not a restaurant. Do you want to know why it's not a restaurant? Because when you walk in, you have to seat yourself. Nobody comes over and takes your order. You have to go up to the counter and order. So, this is, it's fast this casual, is like a Barbecue baby. restaurant. It's like every bad nope. barbecue restaurant. Fast, fast casual, baby. Fine. Uh, I am aware of it. I've never eaten there, so I cannot comment on, Elite. Their, on their burgers. Elite burger place. Absolutely fantastic. Everything on the floor. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay. So let, let's let's – Break this back down to the not spirit of the question. So you want to do just like fa- fast food has a drive-thru? Just fast food. Yeah, just drive-thru. Where does where where do we go here? Um, well, I have, so White, obviously Ca- the other I have options... White Castle on my list as the first. Yes, so that's a drive-thru. That well, I know, but it's the first It's the first drive-thru only on my list of top five. So, so it has it, to be one. It has to be one. And I'm okay with that. Is it in a, okay, so the other potential options that we talk about here. There's McDonald's, there's Burger King. Well, I already know how you feel about the Big Mac. So McDonald's not going to make yeah. your list. We did I, this I, yesterday. I, 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 there's plenty of things to like at McDonald's. It's not the Big Mac. Um, but yeah, so there's uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's. Um, what other? Uh, I feel I mean, like I'm missing. Um, so you have um, Checkers Rallies is another Checkers one. Checkers Rallies. Um, Sonic has a good burger. Sonic. And that's got Sonic a drive through so that's this. fine. Yeah. It's and literally I, a drive through it's, it's the ultimate drive through also, um, the people that actually use the actual drive-thru at Sonic are insane. I've done it. I do. I do it pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Again. But I'm not staying. Like, if I'm not, um, st- uh, whatever, whatever. It's just we're gonna devolve into chaos. Um. Wendy's has got to be on the list. I think. Yeah. I think Wendy's, um, Burger King, and McDonald's don't have to be on this I, list. I'm okay with them not being on here. I think. Well, here's the here's the issue. Like with McDonald's, their fries really are what prop them up. Yeah, but that's not what we're doing here. Place. I know. That's so what I'm out. saying. Like I have to, stri- I have to strip away their best. Because I will tell you, opinion. I will tell you. I think Wendy's worst quality is their fries, but they're going to make this list. Correct. So, Correct. so that helps them. I, I think burger wise, I think, I, I think I would go. I'm putting Wendy's too. Um, I would definitely. Yeah, I would go. Yeah, I'm going to say Wendy's too. 
In and Out's gonna make the list. I know. Actually, Wendy's one for me because I don't like White Castle, so it's your two, my one. I, I In and Out's gonna make this list. I think the burger's too good with the sauce. Yeah, Again, the fries I think are that, bad. I think they have to. The whole experience yeah, is not burger, very good, but the burger itself is yeah. is, is excellent. It go, it's going number three for me. I do like the customization where I could just tell them to put as many pieces of meat and cheese on a right, bun you could, right. or a lettuce wrap as the, possible. Double, double, triple, triple. Yeah, you just do whatever you want. Right? Four by four, five four by, by five, five, six mean, by six. Right. So you, just do it. You want the they high cholesterol? You're the, legally obligated to do it. Right. You want the cholesterol burger? Just order that. I mean, that's fine. You'll, you'll, yeah. get, you'll get what you pay for. Speaking of cholesterol burger, uh, I do miss, uh, if anyone ever went to, it wouldn't count for this, but the, the Heart Attack Grill. I think there still might be one open in Vegas, but... Uh, those those burgers were a problem. That, that would not. Uh, that does not uh, fall into the I fast said, I said food it doesn't category count. that we moved on to. Um, so we, I, I, need, I need to find two more for this list. You need to find three more. I'm putting checkers on there. Give me checkers, and then give me Sonic. I kind of think checkers is overrated. I, I mean, their fries are elite. I know that's not what we're doing here. I, I, no, I know, but we're not talking about fries. I agree on the fries, but like if this was a fry list, which we maybe do for another day. Carl's Jr. is another option you could consider. I like Carl's Jr. Okay, so then Carl's I Jr. Like makes Carl's your Jr. list. Then. So, that there, so I, I would go Wendy's one, Carl's Jr. two, In and Out three. Um, I guess Burger King four. Oh, terrible. We're running out of names here. I like the Whopper. I think the Whopper's underrated. I think people hate on the Whopper. The Whopper is way better than the, the Big Mac. It's not even close. Despite the commercials that make you want to blow your brains can out. I, can I share a take? Sure. I think they're both overrated. They're just embedded into society too much. That yeah, they, they I can't guess that's be, true. They can't be overlooked. But Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say they're overrated when it's like, you know, it's like they're overrated. the Chiefs are overrated or something. Right. Like, they're just like, embedded well, like, in you know, they're like embedded they're just there, society, but, right? But yeah. Yeah, but I, I think it's I think it's actually pretty good. Nothing else at Burger King is though. I gotta make it very whoa, clear. Whoa, whoa, do not eat anything that's not that's not in terms of like not like nothing that's not beef. Do not eat that. The chicken fries are legit, man. No, the chi- anything chicken or fish at Burger King is garbage. I think that's a terrible take. The chicken fries garbage. are a top five chicken dish in, in fast food oh, restaurants. No. No. Yeah, no, probably like number two or three. No. Um, okay, so there you go. For, the, for those of you who love us when we just sidetrack and completely go off the rails, that's for you. Uh, there, yeah, we did. This Happy take, Friday. Hope you're hungry. This take from – I it, it's NE Fan 12. I'm just going to assume it's New England Fan 12 based on a lot of the context clues. That based I'm gonna, on context clues yeah, of New England there. fan and the number that Tom Brady had for all those years? Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. Chris. Take 69 is the perfect thermostat temperature. No. Under. Under this, this under cover- under in the sense that it needs to be lower or yes. So you would set it lower than sixty nine. Under degrees. on the take being uh, I'm under on zero point five good right. takes and Jay, also under on I, I can still hear you. This is not great for the visual audience. I'm gonna go okay, see so what you, my thermostat, go is thermostat is set is set at right okay. now. I'll be right back. Filibuster for me. I will. So I know this is probably a conversation you have in your household as well. Um, but my girlfriend is perpetually cold. So like. There is no temperature I could set it that it would be comfortable for me or for most living human beings that would be satisfactory. This is going to upset some people. Cold. So, uh, I mean, honestly, I'd be fine with it anywhere. But uh, what, there's an issue what I have it set at where I would be fine. Uh, I think 65 would be perfect. 
that's not where I get to set it, but I think that would be perfect. First thing I do when I go into any hotel that I'm staying at uh, on any trip Drop whatsoever. See, see as low as it goes, whether it's 65 where, or 60. Wherever it goes, yeah. the low, that's where it's set at, okay? That's what we need. Um, Jamie, I would like you to, we're going to play a little game here. Yesterday, oh, uh, we, we played a big deal, little deal, no deal uh, a little uh, earlier uh, yesterday. Uh, we're going to play daily, yeah. We're gonna play a little number game. Can you guess yeah. the first digit on the thermostat at the Chris Schubert household? Seven. That would be incorrect. Six. That would be also incorrect. All right. Well, there. Okay. Please don't tell me it's an eight. It is an eight. The first digit oh, right no. now on the thermostat is, is, is your, an, Did your AC break? Is an eight. It is eight zero. Now, here is what I will tell you. Here's what I will tell you. American? You, you Fahrenheit? <laughs> no, it's no Celsius. It's eighty degrees Celsius <laughs> in here. Uh, you have lived in Arizona, so you can attest to this. When it gets really, really warm outside. You yes. don't need to set the thermostat into the 60s. Because if you just set it into the well, 70s no, and 80s. Electric bill into the 300s correct. and 400s. And so if you set it into the 70s and 80s, it actually does feel cool in no, comparison. No, no. Now, I, I, will, you, I will tell it's you. It's not 115 right now. It is not. It is, it is not. It is 82 out today, according to my little thermostat in the bottom yeah. right corner of my screen. So, so what you're saying is, is your home is two degrees. You might as well. You've wasted your electricity. You just left the windows open. You would have been two degrees warmer. Um, that is that is correct. We don't have the air on. It's currently off. That's what the inside temperature in the house is right now, eighty degrees. Okay. So, I also don't like. I, I don't want my electric bill to be very expensive. And running the running the AC in Arizona is not a uh, is is not a cheap uh, endeavor. And so, knowing what's coming in a couple of months, where it's going to be one hundred and fifteen, yeah. I figured I can deal with a little eighty degrees right now, and not turning the air on. So uh, that's well, where to it starts. To be fair, this is probably why you have the fan on in your room all the time now. Uh, I don't you turned have, it off for, for the recording. I don't have it on, but yes, I have the fan on most yeah. times while I'm in here. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, all right, we've got a couple more here. Um, uh, this one from um, Big Big Papa Pump Scott Stein. No, it's like I I, I I thought it was Big Tasty, but that's not what it is. But what but, uh, Big Tasty seventy five, Bijan would disprove first running back value if drafted by the Eagles at ten. Not really. Bijan is a no, once in a generational talent. And it's not even that. It's more so like I think in some ways there are drafts that are – there are trends. And in other ways, each draft lives in its own ecosystem. Like I think the strangeness of the quarterback class last year isn't going to affect teams from drafting a shit ton of quarterbacks at the top of the draft this year. I know they're better quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. But like everyone's like, oh, have we overvalued? Has, it, has the NFL finally caught up and are they going to draft quarterbacks at only their – no, of course no. So there no. are some anomalies. Um, I, you know, I I think Bijan, I think there's a decent chance when I do my predictive mock that I'm going to mock Bijan in the top 10. Oh, yeah, he's in he there for me. He should go in the top 10. He's in there for me for sure. But I don't think it's going to change anything. The question is going to be, is there another generational talent that that comes at that level? There's some other great running backs, uh, it, you know, right now, like uh, Braylon Allen uh, is, is one that's really interesting. But, like, I, I don't think this is going to change – how things are going to go long term. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is like, because here's the thing of like, I, I understand that everybody and number two overall is different than number nine or number 10 overall, but Saquon has been pretty damn good. And nobody looks at that. Todd Gurley went 10th and had a damn good career for a while there until his, his arthritic knee fell apart, but nobody cares. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to matter. I think this narrative is going to exist because it doesn't exist. It exists for surplus. It's a supply and demand 
equation here and the supply of quality running back play, maybe not Bijan Robinson quality, but high quality running back play is so plentiful at the moment relative to the amount of touches that they're going to get in an offense that it's become a luxury pick. We will see that pendulum swing back at some point. History tells us it might be 10 years, might be 20 years, might be 30. At some point, that pendulum will swing back at least a little bit. But I don't think any singular pick is going to change that narrative for somebody. Even if they get Bijan wins rookie of the year and the, and the Eagles win the Super Bowl or, or if, in, in that scenario, I don't think it's going to change. It'll change some people's narrative because then they'll have, they can't say certain things. It'll change the Howie Roseman doesn't draft running backs narrative <laughs> if that's what ends up happening. But I don't think it's going to change the overall narrative. I think we'll be right back here next year again where we're talking about one or two running backs max going in round one. All right, we've got two more quick ones. We'll do rapid fire on these. This one from Sam. Take uh, Keon White. Tommy Edebore and Tuli Tupelotu are third-round caliber players. I have a counter-take to this. I think that's a little low. I uh, think those guys are, two are of the, mid to late round two guys. My t- my counter-take is two of those three guys go in the second round. At least. That would be my counter-take I, to that I, take. I, I think that's a good take, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and then Meepster's got a, got a, got a combo take way, for we, us. We should note, didn't Keon White get... Uh, Invited to the draft? Did Keon White get invited to the draft? You're asking me a question. And, and, and here's why I says it, it doesn't guarantee first round picks. There are first round picks that get in. There are players that get invited to the draft that don't. <clears> Geno <throat> Smith. Yes, but the NFL doesn't like to have that happen. So when they invite a player, and obviously we don't know who turned it down, and they don't reveal who turned down invites, but they typically will not invite a player that they think has a super low percentage chance of going in the first round. Keon White it's was. He is going to be in the green room, yeah. So I'm not saying that it's a guarantee, and I think at the earliest we're talking 20s, 30s. But it is at least – it's something to at least note that the league is confident enough that there is a decent – maybe not a great, but a decent chance he goes in round one to invite him to the green room. Of of the guys on this list, of the the people who have earned um, the invitation and are attendees – I think most likely to be available at the start of day two are Brian Branch and Keon White. Those would be the two names that I would submit as likely as to still be around in the green room. Green room when uh, day two starts, and that sucks for Brian Branch. He just it's just it's going to be like where does where, it's finding a landing spot yep, for him. That makes He's a sense. first round play. Yeah, it's just we'll, we'll see where he ends up. I don't think Keon White is quite a first round player, but. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Meepster, look. But as we already established, there aren't, there aren't 31 first-round players. Right, exactly, so. exactly. Uh, Meepster, combo take. T- uh, Ke- uh, Keanu Benton will be the second defensive tackle off the board after Jalen Carter. And then he adds to that take. So. Keanu Benton, Mozzie Smith, and Tommy Edabore will go boom, boom, boom in the late first round. I assume that that's Meepster's way of saying they go in th- back, back, three, back-ish. three consecutive picks within reason. I'm out I on sell, both of I these. Sell this pick. Yeah. Um, I think the the IDL two is either going to be Kalaja Kansi or Mozzie Smith. Those would be the two candidates um, that I would put put out there. And they are Mozzie Smith and Kalaja Kansi and uh, and Adetomiwa Anabawari is and Keanu Benton are three different play styles in those four players. So I, I, mean, I don't think Ed, they're competing for the same teams and the same needs. Right. Edabore is a guy that we've talked about can play both inside and outside. So yeah, that's like a he can play three, five. Right. You know, I, I think, you know, Kansi's not like you, Benton and Mozzie are probably playing either nose or like one. And I, I think based on where they're going to, I think they'll go. I guess it's possible to move some of them. But like those guys are the more run stuffing, you know, middle of defensive line. You know, Cansey's a Cansey's just a 
Enigma all on his own, and I think uh, Adebayore is probably trending more to being uh, a defensive end than he is any of the other ones. So, like, I I, I can appreciate the spirit of the take, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think it's going to be Mozzie Smith or Kalijah Kansidi as the second defensive lineman. All the second true defensive lineman. Obviously, there are guys like Miles Murphy that play on the defensive line, and you know Tyree Wilson. You know what I mean? Like some of those guys that play on the defensive line, but they're edge rushers. But I get the spirit of the question. That's going to do it for us on the Friday edition of the show. You guys know the drill. If you want your takes answered, you got to tweet. At, you can tweet them at me at Chris Schubert underscore. You can tweet them at Jamie at Jamie Eisner. Uh, or you can throw them, if you're a member of the TD and Premium Discord, you can throw those into the Takes on Takes channel. It's Draft Week starting on Monday here on the show. Um, we'll leave you in a little bit of suspense of what we have planned. Predictive mock from both of us coming at some point next week. Yep. Um, but we will continue to break down all of the things uh, leading up to the NFL there draft. There will be movement. There will be stuff going on so we'll have always movement on draft week there's always stuff so we'll do don't you worry we will have all the info that you need right we will have it covered for you so appreciate everybody taking time to listen rate review subscribe to the podcast follow us over on the youtube channel as well for the video version of the show everybody have a great weekend we will talk to you on monday thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.